Fancy Lad. Fancy Lad. Podcast Fancy Lad. Podcast Gonna talk my friends. Gonna share a thought. Gonna have a laugh. That's what I thought. Fancy Lad. Fancy Podcast. Fancy Lad. Fancy Lad Podcast. Yeah. And we are back. Oh, yes, indeed. We are back, Bigzo. You are correct. Damn fucking straight. Mm-hmm. Damn for all straight. those naysayers out there that you said we couldn't do it. Fucking tired of those naysayers. This is, this is, we're here just to shove it in their face. Oh my God. I, I love shit. I, I love You sh- love shit? I, I, no, I was going to say I love shaving shit. Okay. All right. First off, okay. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So I get, I mean, I'm, I'm fond of shit. I wouldn't say I love it. Okay. Yeah. But I was going to say I love shoving it in naysayers' faces. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's making a lot more sense now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you want to talk about shaving shit sometime, okay. Well, you know, I think that's we're gonna have to save that for an entire different podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe the dirty zone. Possibly the dirty <laughs> zone. Possibly the dirty zone. <laughs> Actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But back to the naysayers. You know, it's like they ride. It, it's like you got fucking naysayer, uh, fucking shit Kringle. Mm-hmm. Fucking riding in on his na- with his neigh bells as he does, you know. Everyone knows shit Kringle and his neigh bells and his fucking <laughs> bunch of negative Rudolph, uh, negative reindeer that just they call him negative Rudolphs so. though. Negative Rudolphs, exactly. A, bunch of them, a whole slew of them. Yeah, oh, my nose is too bright. I know, and they just all they do is try to drag you down. But you know, we're not going to let that happen. Mm-mm. No, no. And why is that? Because we're not quitters, okay? Oh. All right. We're, we're gonna not. we're no. We're oh, gonna keep God. on keeping on, okay? Damn it. For how long? For as long as the game exists, okay? This is for the love <sighs> of the game. God damn it. Okay. All right. And you know where we are? We're in the jungle, baby. And I'm gonna die? Yeah. I hate to say it. <laughs> no. Well, you know, easy come, easy go. We've relocated the Fancy Lad podcast studio to mm-hmm. the jungle. This is a good time to tell the season five. Mm-hmm. We had to get rid of that drabbled studio. Mm-hmm. Well, I was kind of sick of AJ and just. How dare you say that about AJ? Well, I mean, every time, you know, I was, I felt like there was a lack of oxygen in the studio. Mm-hmm. I went up to one of his air holes. Yeah. And I would just try to take deep breaths to get some fucking oxygen before I got too tired. And I would always get stuffed. My He would always just slip a hot dog into the hole and out of the hole. Dude, I was going to say that those ventilation systems, that whatever he installed there, it, it seems so impractical. Right. So impractical. You got to seal your mouth right. yep. to mm-hmm. the wall mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, uh, right. Open up. With a perfect circle. Perfect circle. Yep. And then you get you get jabbed in the back of the throat over and over. I know. That's what I'm saying. And I guess that's our fault. I'm just trying to breathe here, man. For, you know, investing in a studio that didn't have any windows or mm-hmm. ventilation. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he kind of took advantage of that. Well, you know, can you blame him? So here we are in the jungle. So we're in the jungle now, baby. And is Axl Rose your favorite ginger? 
Absolutely not. Oh, well, Conan O'Brien, hands down. Well, yeah, come on. Conan, Axel I mean, Rose. Conan, besides Conan. Besides Conan? Besides Conan. Oh, yeah, Axel Rose. All right. Good to know. You know, I don't <laughs> know if that's something that people think about too often. <laughs> I would never even consider him a ginger. He has a, he wears a, a, a bandana. He's definitely got red hair. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, do you think his hair is redder than? Would you say that I have red hair? No, no, I wouldn't either. No, okay. but there's people like Legs who have a red beard. That's true, and don't really have red hair. Right, and they're pirates. And his pubes. Right. You know, I come from a family of pirates. No, I know that. Right. Why do you think I know that your Halloween costume every year? It's actually, actually just is not a costume. <laughs> it's just hand-me-downs. <laughs> and it's the one day of the year that you get away with dressing as your native, uh, you know, garment. You know? Well, I'm glad you acknowledge that. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, you don't ridicule me for it. No. No. I mean... I'm proud of my heritage. You know... I'm just uh, open to accepting all, you know, walks of life and all sort of, you know, different ideologies, whether it be the lawless seamen, mm -hmm. you know, that you consider yourself a lawless seaman. Yeah. You know? I mean, I just any kind of seaman. Right. Yeah. But one with no laws. No law. Lots of law. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hot. Cold. Right. Whatever temp. Um, Congealed. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's why, you know, we we started with, uh, you know, getting into talking in the last episode about having a hip-hop motif. Because, you know, mm -hmm. we're open to all walks of life here. The rock, the hip-hop, the mm -hmm. bebop. The semen. The semen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, what I'm trying to say is here on the Fan Sled Podcast, uh -huh. we do not discriminate. Well, no. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying, but I, I, I still said it, you know. Right. I mean, a lot of times things that go without saying still bear repeating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from time to time. From time to time. So, but, you know, call me crazy. I still think that we should stick with this whole hip-hop theme for this new season. I mean, we've got one episode so far. Why not try to keep it up? Right. And, you know, I don't need to remind you of the infamous Wedgwood episode. Please don't. No. And, I mean, when you think about skateboarding, there's a lot of hip-hop brands associated. There are a lot of hip-hop brands associated. Would you like to list five of them right now? Go. I will. Shorties. Mm -hmm. Um, DGK. Okay. Uh, Ghetto Child. Well, yeah. Um, I'm not done. Okay, because you look like you might be done. I am not done. Mm -hmm. In case you were wondering, mm -hmm. I would consider uh, Gold Wheels. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, they have Cameo in their, their video. Yeah. Does it get much more hip hop than that? Right. Um, I would also consider when Wu-Tang were making skateboards. Did they make skateboards? Well, they had... I don't Was know. Was it a there collab were, there with There were Wu-Tang graphics. Okay, so it's New York. There you go. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Yeah, you answered my <laughs> fifth one. Damn it. Bing, 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 bing. Oh, damn it. You won. Yes. Ah, man. All right. Well, here's your prize money. 
Okay, this is all Monopoly money, but thank you. I know, and unfortunately, that's all we had left for rent for the jungle. Well, it's cute that you kept it in a teeny miniature briefcase, and I appreciate that. Well, that's actually my cute teeny miniature briefcase, and I'm going to need that back. Well, what am I going to carry this money in? I don't know. what that. How about the cute teeny briefcase you brought? All right, well, I was using that for my Nutter Butters, but I guess I can eat those real quick. I was going to say we could eat those on a break, mm-hmm. and then we could come back, perhaps, with a guest. Perhaps, you know. And you know what? Maybe sticking to the theme. If we happen to find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And I hope they're not allergic to peanuts because we are going to be breathing it over Zoom. And that would, that would suck because there's a lot of good peanut related candy bars out there. There are a little. <laughs> there are a lot of good peanut butter related candy bars out there. Hell, I'll even say it right now. All right, well, you want to list five of them? Yeah. <laughs> I do. All right, go for it. Paydays. Oh, I love paydays. Go. Whatchamacallit's. Mm, I don't know. If, is it fast a, break. Okay, okay, you got fast break. Nutrageous. Uh-huh. Snickers. Okay. And because you're not counting the two Reese's back to back, I'm going to have to go with take five. I love take five. They're so good. Yeah. That was Oh, man. Okay. Well, anyways, maybe we should take a break real quick so we can eat those. Hey, why don't we take five? Nice. Nice to uh, Yeah. Life as a southern sheriff can be pretty taxing. Taxing on the mind, taxing on the body, and taxing on the soul. That's why when I'm feeling my most decaffeinated and dehydrated, I reach for a mocha sombrero. Mocha sombrero. A Mexican-style chocolate mocha stealth. With additions of coffee mocha and vanilla. Alright, no, I'm trying to do the script mocha here. Alright, you know, if you're just gonna keep doing that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sombrero. Well, it's got coffee. It's got coffee and it's got vanilla. I don't care if you're doing the back. It's got coffee and vanilla, and it's a stout recipe. And uh, the malt flavors, the the sweet vanilla. Uh, Jesus, oh my God. You know, this is very distracting. Very distracting. You know, if you want to know more about Mocha Sombrero from Clown Shoes Beer, why don't you go ahead and visit uh, clownshoesbeer.com. Go on out and get Uh, yeah and we are back oh we are back and that was a good break ah got fantastic break you know needless to say one of those breaks you just dream about and i was gonna tell you about how much i've been dreaming about breaks but i'll leave that for the break dream podcast exactly and you know also we do have a special guest that we're gonna introduce but before that i just wanted to oh oh man what was that that was a Clown Shoes brand beer. Oh, that was a Clown Shoes brand mm-hmm. beer. What mm-hmm. kind was that? This is mm-hmm. a haze cake right here. Ooh, that sounds good, but I'm going to hydrate myself, and I'm going to do that with a... Oh, yeah, that's a liquid death right there. Oh, got to love it. Mm-hmm. You got to. You got to love the liquid death. But anyways, as we said, we did get a guest. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that it uh, you know, fell into our guidelines of a guest, you know... A pro skater from the golden age of skateboarding who, mm-hmm. you know, happened to ride for sort of a hip hop associated company. Oh, yeah. And is a f- fucking legend, you know? 
Now, I mean, are they British? Because it kind of sounds like it from the way you said that. Fucking legend. Yeah. Or is it Australian? Australian. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, now Australian, New Zealand, a little difficult to tell. I mean, without further ado, let's mm-hmm. introduce introduce our very special guest, mm-hmm. Canton Russell. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I qualified with all those criteria. Mm-hmm. Honestly, oh. it's a hard list to to check off these days, you know? It, it is, yeah. That's a high high bar to hit. <laughs> well, you know, we did have a uh, sort of a mission statement last season on the podcast that we were going to get every single zero rider mm-hmm. on the podcast mm-hmm. from past and present. And then we thought every single black label rider. Mm-hmm. But now we're rolling our dice. Yep. And we're trying our luck with Osiris Riders. You're, you're getting risky now. Well, we, yeah, we're getting into the thick of it, really. <laughs> we did already have uh, Corey Duffelscape for Osiris, right? No. Nope. Wasn't he in Feed the Need? Who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, you're right. What am I talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I forgot about that. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes it was, one, it was after, after my, yeah. Yeah, one down. You're right, past and present. Yep. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, we're going to double up on that zero in Osiris Ryer with John Ratray. Nice. Eventually. So, eventually. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Double whammy. Got it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's be here and now. Right. Ken, I like thanks it. For be- thanks for being on the podcast. Um, you know, I was telling you that we're, you know, streamed the storm last week. And uh, let me just say it was one of my favorite videos growing up. And it was also I bought it. Right after my family got a DVD player, Ooh. and nice. there were only two videos that got released on DVD. The very first two videos was Rodney Mullen versus Day One Song Round Two, and Osiris the Storm. Actually, and I think maybe Birdhouse the End around that time too got DVD hmm. dropped. I remember not liking that because they changed the uh, David Bowie song. Right. So I yeah. refuse to get that version. Of the <laughs> yeah, keep 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 the VHS for the for the legitimate version. You're not a you're not a petty fan. I don't think it worked well with the part. And no, it I'm wasn't really a petty it, fan. Okay, well, that, both valid. Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't work as well for sure. But yeah, that was that we were able to get a lot away uh, with a lot of different things back then and before people started really hidden clamping down on the music rights and all that so i think we barely squeaked squeaked that all in there oh now you don't even have a chance with youtube oh yeah with the now, now you're done yeah, yeah. No. all those robots they got working for them yep you can't go up against a robot well i don't know that i mean birdhouse tony might be able to pull some strings and maybe yeah. he'll maybe he'll rectify that uh, soundtrack for you yeah he was on whose line is it anyway that's true that's huge he did do a, a kickflip at Wayne Brady's request. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. But Osiris, yeah, they're always. This is what I'm getting at. They're on the cutting edge of technology. You know, they had uh, the G bag. Yep. They had the the pants that clipped into the matching shoes. Right. The the small like uh, SAG 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 yeah. gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, sag i love it i love the small 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 like athletic gear yeah i love the innovation that was actually peter's idea smart guy it's a good idea also one one of my favorite skaters as well definitely favorite styles but 
Wait, did you say you were also in San Diego? Or am I, am yeah, I oh yeah. I, I met Pete when he's still uh, very early on when he was, uh, you know, unsponsored, kind of undiscovered. Um, the guy who used to film a lot of the world and Plan B video footage back then, <clears throat> he uh, he's actually the one who kind of said, hey, I got this kid, he rips. Soccer lives in, li- lives in Claremont. Nope, Dave Schlossbach. Hmm. And uh, he... Uh, he also, I mean, Dave probably got to start early back with like the Golding videos and H Street. Yep. And then he kind of graduated to doing a lot of this stuff, uh, shooting a lot of footage for World and Plan B. But he, uh, yeah, he just said, hey, I got this kid that rips. You should go check him out. We went to <laughs> Mervyn's parking lot. You remember the store Mervyn's? No, I don't think we had Mervyn's. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I forgot. It might be, might be a West Coast thing. But yeah, there was this story. It was just like so classic um, curbs. And he just came out of nowhere going a million miles an hour and did this super crazy slappy no slide crooked grind, no slide crooked grind, crazy combo. Mm-hmm. And he like rolled away and pulled out this huge bottle of Mountain Dew because the pants were so baggy back then. And I was like, who is this kid? He looks like he's on crack with all this caffeine. Like he was just super hyped up. He was always charismatic and always got a lot of energy. Was the, so, Mount, was the Mountain Dew in a cargo pocket? Dude, I think it was in the regular pocket. The regular, was, the regular side pocket. Regular wow. side pocket. The reggie pocket. Yeah. You know, sometimes I forget the reggie pockets exist because everything's always in my cargos, you know? Well, yeah, so that, that was my introduction to Pete. And uh, yeah, was he, yeah. Was he the one who filmed the, uh, the troubleshooters part? That filmer? Schlossbach, no. Steve Salantani did the uh, Troubleshooters video. Hmm. I'm not familiar with his work, but... Schlosh actually uh, was pretty big, like really well known on the East Coast too, because he's the first person to really get footage of uh, Andy Stone and um, Scott Johnston. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he came back and had all this footage of a bunch of DC stuff, and I was like, wow, this is pretty sick. And Chris Hall and Hojin Chang and all those guys. Like Scott Johnston during, like, the Mad Circle days? Maybe even before. Yeah. Yeah. Very he was cool. always good. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to, you know, mention some uh, some credit to your skating while you stand out. First of all, that you're uh, uh, kind of a heel flip guy. Uh, I would say people probably think of that just because of my more recent clips are probably have a lot more of those in there just because it's easy for me to do in my forties. Well, you did uh, that in that, in that troubleshooters part, you do a, a really good heel flip back 50, which is a very unusual trick. Yes. I think, right. I think I maybe that. thinking like Marcus McBride doing that trick down hubba hideouts. One of the only other times I can even think of that trick being done. I remember that. Yeah. But you also do a lot of backside heels, which Tom Tweak here, he's no stranger to. That's that's kind of my thing. That's kind of my go to. Uh he actually back heeled a five stair. Yeah, you, that's that's you can believe that. That's one more stair than four, but don't get too excited. It's one less than <laughs> six. Yeah. No, that's uh it's funny you say that because back heels were kind of harder. Backside flips were way easier for me, so I probably did a lot more backside flips and I'd always try to throw a back heel in there every once in a while right. just to switch it up. Right. You do have that alley-oop 
backside flip over the handrail actually now that yeah that last trick yeah that was was, like uh, that was actually the first trick that really kicked off that whole video according to the filmer selentani like we were filming clips just in general for whatever was happening and uh, when we decided we were going to commit to that video i think i filmed that as like one of the first tricks and he said that was the one that got everyone motivated to commit to the video because at the time we were all kind of relatively unknown it was me and smolik and mayhew and Chad not. I mean, we all had sponsors and we were all doing stuff and getting coverage, but I think everyone like committing to that video and putting it out kind of helped put a lot of people on the map. Do you remember your sponsors, all of them during, well, you were skating for, was it planet earth during the storm? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember the rest of your sponsors? During that era? I mean, yeah, Osiris, planet earth. um, Well, I kind of was revolving through a few different truck sponsors um, for various reasons. Uh, but I remember Rodney always hooking me up like with Tensor, Dark Star, Speed Demons, nice. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Love those slider base plates. I don't know why they don't bring those back. That was pretty wild. I was not sad to see those go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he was, he sent me like some of the first trucks and like when I, when he hit me up, first of all, I thought he was, someone was pranking me because it was just so random. He's like, Hey, what's up? This is Rodney. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah. Who is this really? He's like, no, Rodney, I want, I'm doing this truck company. I want you to ride for it. We're developing these like higher profile versions. And I was like, well, that's perfect. Cause I need something to help with wheel. You know, I like the higher profiles like Indies because otherwise I get wheel bite. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sent me some of the first, first trucks, the first batch. And we were up north somewhere on a skate trip. And um, something happened where something cracked or something blew up on it. And I called him and I was like, dude, these trucks are like not holding up. I don't know what's going on. And he was super like offended. Not that I pointed it out, but he had a super long scientifical physical, you know, physics explanation as to why it it wasn't working and that they had already fixed it. And he just kind of like, kind of let loose on a bunch of terminology and mathematic formulas. And at the end I was like, uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but if you want to just send me some more trucks, (laughs) that'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah. So Rodney, he, he's just super smart. And I think he was always trying to like put things into terms we would understand, but he was, yeah, he definitely threw some knowledge on me that day. And I was like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure you got to cover it. Just send out the trucks. We're good. Yeah, he was born for the TED talk, really. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, I remember also, too, growing up, it was like, uh, I don't know if you were at the demo, but I remember going to the eight ball skate park to like to buy a, a board and in Bellingham, Massachusetts, eight ball skate park. And I went to go buy a board and skate the park. And then I saw the poster of the Osiris team coming to the eight ball skate park. And I asked the guy and it was like that scene from grind where they, where they're talking to Tom green. And he's like, Oh no, the poster's still up. That was actually this weekend. You just missed it. <laughs> oh, they're just man. here. I think I remember that. What was that? Early two thousands, right? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Yep. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we came through. I think actually there was a photo of it. I, I was going to do my research because I was telling you when you asked me to get on the podcast, I was like, man, I need to dig up some of my Northeast stories and 
refresh my memory because I just don't know like the names of all the spots we went to all the time. So I remember that skate park. I just didn't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. But in, uh, I think there was a magazine article where there was a photo of me backside flipping, transferring, I think out of the bowl or off a bank mm-hmm. into the bowl, maybe. Yeah. 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 That classic, yeah. it was a very small park. Yeah. It had that, the bowl to bank combo. That's and I remember Sick. Donnie, I remember I was talking to Donnie Barley about that spot and I was like, oh yeah, we skated there, did a demo. He's like, let me guess, you backside flipped into the, I was like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, I know you. See, that's, that was my go-to trick, like the backside flip even more than the heel flip. So he, he called it out before I even told him. Yeah. Well, also with your skating, you got your, some insanely big drops, like some insane ollies, straight ollies, but also 180s fakey ollies half cabs but also like i mentioned uh to you via text message surprisingly tech too the the backside smith kickflip out backsmith backside flip out fakey smith kickflip out yeah i gotta bring that back a lot of smith kickflips out actually now i'm thinking about it Yeah, I was just I was just running with something that I wasn't seeing anyone else doing because you got to remember, you know, the scene that I was around. It's not like all of us were skating big gaps. Like the majority of stuff we'd be skating would be like schoolyard. So the sessions would be like me and Mayhew and like Smolik and Brian Emmers and all these super tech wizards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so like I'm just trying to keep up with them. I was like, well, what am I going to do? Because these guys are killing it. So I just try to come up with different things that they weren't doing. Did you kind of feel the peer pressure from them? Uh, I think I just wanted to, I don't know. It was just like a challenge, right? Like I knew that I could do some of the bigger stuff, which almost kind of came easier for me. So it was just like a challenge to try to like do something different, you know? Yeah. That first Ollie was insane in the, the storm part where it's almost like it's like into a hill. Yeah, Long Beach. Yeah. Um, the filming, too, it's like if, you know, you ollie and it looks big and then still has to pan down for the rest of the ollie into the hill. Um, which, you know, legendary, legend status. But I was uh, that was the second time I did that, actually. The first time we were in Long Beach and we just kind of saw it and someone kind of dared me to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was like just randomly did it and didn't really even bother to try to film it legitimately. And so then later, um, I don't know how anyone saw that, but uh, I think it was Rick Kosick or someone was like, yeah, if you go back and do that, we'll get you the cover. So we went back and that was the day I shot it for the cover. Of Big Brother? Yeah. Damn, I don't remember that issue, but I wish that I did. Um, I think I think Dimitri Ilyasovich shot it. Do you nice. remember him, Dimitri? Yeah. Well, I remember yeah. them all from the the Big Brother videos. Yeah, I'd Big watch, Brother videos, Jackass. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd watch those religiously along with the CKY videos. Dimitri was an amazing photographer. I mean, I don't know if he's still shooting, but the first photos I ever saw from him, I I told him I was like, dude, you guys, you got a sick a sick eye for photos. Yeah, I think he's from the East Coast, maybe also or no? Am I wrong? I thought he came out from back east first. I'm not sure. You know, you know, obviously Phelps was from the East Coast. And, uh, you know, I almost assume Retta is, too, for some reason. Yeah, he I'm is. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be the accent, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got the accent. <laughs> and a lot yeah. of good stories. Is he from Long Island? 
He seems like he's from Long Island. Probably, probably from New York. And then um, I'm pretty sure it was New York. I'm just not sure where. Yeah. And then you know, just to, just to go down, just off of my head, you know, just the questions I wanted to ask you. First of all, fakey trays down big sets, crazy. But there's one ollie that you did, where immediately after you land, here it comes. You like grab something from your mouth. I just wanted to know what the deal was with that. I was just always curious. <laughs> so that was uh, that was on tour. I think we were in Sweden. And it's just a typical show up to a different country. First thing out of everyone's mouth is like, we have a spot for you. And it would always be something ridiculous. You know, some big gap, double set, rail, something. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you'd be like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it. This is dumb. Or, you know, you're, you're kind of getting set up. Like if you don't do it, you're kind of looked at as like mm-hmm. failing the whole team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got like a hundred kids there, like, here's a spot. Let's see somebody jump it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we would just like, okay, I don't feel like doing this. You go do it. Okay. Chad and I, you jump this. I don't, I don't want to look at this or whatever. But that one, it was just like a cold morning or something. And yeah, I flew over, landed. And I thought something flew out of my mouth or something, but it was a false alarm. So I was just kind of tripping. It was just like one of those things where you instinctively just try to wipe your face. Mm. And whatever yeah you you thought that you might have lost a tooth or something mid midair like something no flew just out like some mouth? like spit flew out or who knows maybe something flew off my, i don't know it just yeah. like it felt like something flew out and then it just was nothing there so i was like whatever roll away yeah well i was just curious i didn't know if a bug flew in your mouth mid ollie mm-hmm. you know that was a possibility could have i mean yeah. it's happened it has happened it could still be living in there that's right I had enough time to pull it out of my mouth and, and remove it all in the midair. You had enough time to pull it out, look at it, and think, you know what? I'll keep you, and then put him back in. That's it, exactly. All If you slow-mo, <laughs> you can probably see it happen, 100%. That has happened before. Um, probably one of the bigger jumps I did was in Tampa. I think it was uh, is it one of the Transworld videos, maybe Interface or Transmission or one of those. But yeah, it was Sixth uh, Sense around then. Yeah, I think maybe a sixth sense. So it was like a big double set Ollie at night, Tampa, downtown. And um, I had missed the cut at the contest. And I was like, well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And so it was the same thing. We got this big double set for you. Maldonado tried to Ollie it, but they put this electrical box at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, what do you want me to do about it? There's, the spot's done. And like, well, you could try to go over the rail. And Jamie Thomas was there and he's like, yeah, if you want to try it, I'll, I'll set up the photographer. And like, Jamie was like orchestrating, like who's going to shoot the photo. And I think Ryan, Ryan was there, Ryan G and uh, he said he didn't have any flashes. So uh, Boston, Jeff Kula was there. Jeff Kula. Yeah. You guys know him? Jeff, Jeff, Jeffrey Kula. He's a, pretty he was a pretty well-known photographer at that time but he's from boston yeah and uh he he said he had all the flashes and set up and he went and set up all the flashes like across the street i had no idea if the photo was going to turn out because the flashes were so far away and it was like such a big setting but um yeah we went for it and um it was a really busy street so i only had 
a chance to go like every five minutes, which is super annoying because you're kind of like cold and not really ready to snap and ollie that big. But in between the traffic, I tried it a few times and then I landed on it. And my board, like not only broke, but it shattered. Like yeah. there was smoke coming up, up off of it. Like I could see like literally like sawdust flying in the air. I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jamie kind of rides the same setup I do. So he let me use his board. And he was filming a second angle. And uh, I. What, what size board was it? Um, we were riding like seven, seven, eights. So yeah. we, we both got our boards made at uh, the same place at Watson Laminates. And uh, we both basically rode the same shape, same kind of setup, everything. So I knew it was good to go. And so. Seven, uh, seven, yeah. seven, eight, no yeah. concave. <laughs> little bit of concave, not yeah. much. Yeah. Just nope. a little bit. Yeah, probably probably the same mold. I mean, we had very similar similar setups. So yeah, I rode it. I rode on his, and I landed it again, and it cracked. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, that feeling when you've like come too far to like turn away. I was like, okay, I gotta at least try to roll away from this. So the next try, in the air, I look down and see my foot back on the tail. And I know it's just going to snap. So like in the air, I moved my foot over the bolts, landed and rolled away. Wow. There's, there's that much time to actually like think about it and like look down and see it and actually adjust your foot in the air. That was the only time I was ever able to do that. It was that much hang time. It's like a a Looney Tunes moment. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. That would be crazy to have that much time to think. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, look down. I was like, uh, I got to move my foot or this board's going to snap. Yeah. I can't say that we can relate, but you know, I <laughs> no. respect it. I respect the craft. I respect the hell out of it. it. It was the same thing. It was like tons of kids were there because of the contest. I mean, I don't know if you can see it that well in the footage. I remember like people were practically doing the wave across the street. It was just like a hundred people lined up and it was like one in the morning, by the way. Yeah. So just classic Tampa antics there's this there's this one handrail by northeastern i don't know i've never actually seen the footage but i remember going there years ago and people saying that you did a trick over it but it's a it's like a double set handrail which you know sounds like you would have done a trick over it but i don't know if you can tell me if you actually remember doing something at the northeastern university is it in front of like a building it's, kind of. Well, there's plenty of buildings around, but it's right yeah. like next to the Ruggles train station that goes into the campus. Which you know you probably wouldn't have even known that there's a train station there because it just or looks a like campus. a door. Yeah, but. And it was like a double set with like a little bit of an angle to the rail, maybe slightly. It's a double set black rail. And it's just, you know, to the left. And the, and just the rail to was the, kinked, just, right? Just to the left, yeah. Yeah, kinked rail's rail. And okay, it's just, so I, it's I just a drop. That. It's just a straight, just pop and drop, pretty much. Hmm. I mean, I think it, I think the footage was in a progression video. Because hmm. Mark Nichols filmed it. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember seeing it in a video. I think it was progression or some kind of weird uh, tour video. Because, we again, we were just traveling. And I remember... I thought it was an apartment building, but I could have been wrong. But some lady was up on the third or fourth floor, just like going crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, no, I know what it was. There was a security at the bottom. Do you think that was legit? Security guard station at the bottom, like where the where you'd kind of maybe start from? Because there was a security guard camped out there. So I'm assuming it maybe was part of the university. But this guy was just like camped out there. And I went to go try it. And of course, he came out and said, get the hell out of here. And we went around the corner and Chad Knight was there and he had his girlfriend with him. And I was like, hey, I need you to go distract the security guard. So the girl totally went into the security guard area and was like totally flirting with this dude. And like, she kept like looking to check in on us. And I was like, nope, not yet. And um, she just kept chatting this dude up and, t- and I had like three tries or something and then I made it. And then we told her it's all good. And she left. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and how's the security guard doing? Is he okay? Or <laughs> he was probably devastated. Yeah, he thought he was going to have a good time. I mean, she was just young girl, good looking. Like he was like, yeah, I can't believe this. My dream just came true. This girl just walked up, started chatting me up. Like what's going on? I knew this uniform was good. for (laughs) Exactly. Well, that, you know, it must, uh, it must have been just a crazy time in skateboarding, having all that, uh, just all those means, you know, what was, what was the story with the Josh Casper being flown in with a helicopter? Where was that? That was like at a skate camp. Um, but what Josh, was the, what was the reasoning behind the <laughs> helicopter? Josh was uh, influenced very heavily by wrestling, like WWF and all that, and yeah, The Rock was like his idol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Ray Johnson, yeah, he. Uh, I think I asked him that one time. I was like, "What? What's up with all the the uh, you know circus acts going on? You know, like." It was either that or getting pulled up by a limo or it was always something. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he, uh, he was like, dude, it's, I just needed to do something to kind of like stand out and create a following. And uh, he's like, I just was watching what the rock was doing with wrestling. And I just decided to try to do the same thing. Like just, I don't know. He was always trying to kind of go, a little bit outside the box with that stuff just to get the attention, which I didn't know if anyone was really caring or paying attention to it, but apparently they did. And then the Casper Holics kind of thing all happened. And I think that was even Rodney's idea, but um, yeah, it was, like you said, it was a weird time in skateboarding, right? Like anything went, I mean, you just, there was a lot of different, you know, you got, like you said, with BAM and CKY kind of like, yeah going into jackass and well that's what it reminded me of when bam took the uh private jet for the uh rock audio video so i didn't know if he was inspired by that right i think it was it was like anything goes to kind of like get attention and not that he wasn't trying to like back it up with skating but i think he was trying to just do it a little bit differently because you know there's a lot of us all kind of doing crazy stuff and it was all fun and friendly competitiveness between you know people like myself and him and jamie and jeremy ray and all those guys trying to see how far we could take it it seemed more like a rock star era of skating for yeah yeah and you know just like in the rock star era you know when when the show is over it's over like it could be devastating right like yeah oh wait a minute like i i'm like this is real life like wait a minute what do i do next you know yeah, I learned that from the the song by Cypress Hill, Rock Superstar. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Cypress. Oh, man. 
I, I will say this, like, I always enjoyed going back East and like mixing it up with everybody because I mean, as you guys know, it's just different, right? Like, especially back then it was just culturally mm-hmm. people weren't traveling as much before then. And like you said, finally in the late nineties, there was actually means to get around more and travel. So mm-hmm. we were able to kind of go to New York and go to Boston and go to places. So it was cool just to like see different like styles and cultures of skateboarding. And I think, I think it was good because a lot of people just don't really get exposed to different styles and different spots and the way people, like you said that on our earlier podcast, you were comparing East coast to like Europe. It's totally true. Like you would see something in a magazine and be like, Oh, that was kind of a sick photo of somebody doing something cool on that cellar door. Mm -hmm. But then when you go to the spot, you're like, dude, that was a hundred times gnarlier than what that photo showed. Like, how do you even explain that to kids that that wasn't just like a front side pop shove it. It was like the gnarliest spot ever to get to, you know? Yeah. And it's nice embracing the, uh, you know, each person's differences being the uh, product of their environments, you know? Yeah. So. I don't think a lot of people got the credit for what they were doing on those spots. It's just really hard to comprehend how crazy that was. Yeah. It would be nice if, if those, if, if it was a time where uh, like, you know, like those virtual reality goggles exist, you know, it's like, here's the trick, here's the spot. And now like put on these VR goggles and you're at the spot and you can feel the fucking, the texture and see (laughs) the angles and be like, Oh, okay. This is, this is insane. Or how, would, how rough the ground was and yeah, how painful exactly. it was like, to slam. Yeah. No, how, how would you even approach this, you know? Um, yeah, just, just, just like all, that all spot. In, just like that thing in Boston. I mean, you can't like bail out of that trick a whole bunch of times. You better land and roll away or that ground is going to eat you alive. Yeah, a lot of the ground out here is like that, which is unfortunate. That's not a bad idea, though. A VR escape video. I feel like Osiris would have done that if they're around. Today. <laughs> That's all Tony Madman. He was all about technology. We want to be the first to drop it on DVD. I mean, you know, credit to him for pushing all that stuff, because at the time we weren't none of us were about it. You know, like we were just like, look, let's just skate. And he's like, no, we need to do this. We need to do that. Yeah. I mean, they were putting out like two double page spread ads in in every magazine and it was a lot you know i mean it must have really yeah put you on the map in the limelight just out of nowhere like especially i I don't know if we want i don't know if we wanted to be in the limelight at that time we didn't know we were getting ourselves into yeah and then yeah i mean you got the the bronze i'm assuming that's your pro model shoe that you have in your office there whatever osiris bronze shoe you got there something behind here oh yeah there it is there it is Beautiful. Why don't they, you know, you ever wear that thing? <laughs> you know what? I, when I first got it, I didn't even realize right away that it was actually a legitimate shoe dipped in bronze. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so whoever, whoever crafted the statue was a craftsman. And I was like, oh, wait, it's just, it's just dipped in bronze. Yeah. I should, I should try that on actually if I had some smaller feet. Yeah. Oh, is it just like, is it just like stock, like demo size, like nine and a half? Yeah, I think the stock size is yeah, like nine and a half or a ten. Yeah, and I and I wear like a twelve. There's no way I was fitting that thing. When did when did they bind give, your toes? When did they give you yeah. the ta- the tablet of uh, appreciation? Was that? Uh, that was all the same night. It was at the premiere of the storm. They gave us all that. Bro- Everyone who had a pro model shoe got that bronze shoe, like dipped in bronze, and then they gave nice. us these plaques of appreciation. 
Nice. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Well, they wanted their employees to feel valued. You know, I, I get that. I think it was just to go like what you're saying, like the whole show thing and just trying to live everything bigger than life. I mean, that tour you were talking about um, at the eight ball skate park, mm-hmm. that was after the storm. It was like the victory lap tour kind of mentality. And it the was aftermath. called the, the aftermath tour. Yeah. Yep. So Tony Mag wanted it to be like rival to um, the warp tour vans. And I was like, dude, why? Like, we don't need that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there was like an extra bus with like a band, a DJ, mm-hmm. dan- a dancer, mm-hmm. you know, like we had a dancer on our bus. Yeah. So That's that was sick. the whole, th- that was the whole thing. Like go do a demo, go to do a show after party the after party would either have a band or a DJ going. We had a dancer. Well, that's why I mentioned the hip hop influence, you know? Oh man, it was it was hilarious. He must have brought though, you know, just having just just that showmanship just a, must have brought just such an a certain energy to the demos though that you know was a unique experience for everyone who showed up. Yeah, I I don't know. In the moment, I don't know if we really saw it, but yeah, looking back at it for sure. I mean, it's it's hard to see it when you're in it, right? But looking back on it, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of that going on anymore. People yeah. aren't spending that kind of money, which they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Except, you know, the legendary I, I just gotta mention that, you know, you you debunked that uh that 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 story that I heard from uh the grind queen there about the uh, the Dave Mayhew D three where he showed up late for a meeting and they uh, just happened to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, I think Dave kind of talked about it on the Nine Club, which is great because it's always good to have the people tell their own story. But like he said, I mean, there were no random meetings with a bunch of <laughs> shoes on a table. Yeah, um, and Dave was never late to anything. So, like, if there was a meeting like that, he would have been picking out the first shoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I mean, if someone was going to be late to a meeting, it probably would have been Pete because he probably would have showed up the next day or something. I mean, it it was it was just like his style to roll in after the fact. I think T-Bone said pretty much the same thing right right around this time that, that like, you know, same thing you're saying that that does not seem accurate whatsoever. Oh, no. Like, I mean, we were, I mean, we did have some meetings, but it was never about like, pick your shoe. Right. And, and by no means were we like designers either. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we gave whatever input we could. We told everyone what we liked or didn't like, but right. Dave was really the only one who actually had that concept dialed in where he knew he wanted to do something kind of outside the box and had the idea with the loops but it was just because his first shoe wasn't selling at all and he wanted to do something totally, you know, yeah, outer space, like, which obviously it got pulled off because that thing looked like it was from outer space. Yeah. <laughs> when you do something outrageous. Yeah. It, it really stands out. It was outrageous. I mean, when I saw the first sample and we were in Japan, I was like, wow. Okay. Like, can, is that skatable? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, even even back then when thick, puffy shoes were the style, it was extra puffy, right? I mean, I never skated in it. I don't know how people skated in it. It was pretty puffy, but um, I, I mean, it worked. Yeah, I wanted to get a pair and try skating in them. Right. 
Um, I was gonna. <laughs> we had a correspondence with Osiris mm-hmm. when they re-released the D three. So we and, both want we both we we want D three. We've always wanted D three. And they reached out to us and they were like, "Do you guys want some shoes?" And I was like, "Yeah, can you send us all D 3s And they uh, backed off on the offer because they were too worried that we were going to make fun of them. They said they were afraid we were going to clown them. Yeah, and oh. we, we, I tried to reassure them and say, no, listen, we're actually a big fan. We just want to make a loving tribute to the shoe mm-hmm. and the air of the storm. We're not YouTubers here. And we're not they, here for a, they tic- still, a quick TikTok. They, they did not believe me. So we never actually got the D3. But, you know, well, you never know. It's never too late because somehow they're still selling them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm still mad. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm I guess still mad. it's become an iconic shoe. You got to respect that. I don't really talk to a lot of people over there, but I do know some of those guys. So we'll have to we'll have to try to make that happen for you just yeah. for just for entertainment. I mean, I love what you guys are doing because, as you know, you know, growing up in the 90s, it was really about the kind of era of having fun in skateboarding and the crazy ads and yeah, not taking no, things too seriously. Like, we need more of that for sure back in skateboarding. So the no who, who, who cares if you make fun of the shoes? Like, that's even better. Yeah, the no rules mentality. But uh, I mean, that's why I've got into it, right? It's tough. No yeah. rules. It's tough because, uh, well, you know, people get rules because they, uh, they want to make money. Yeah, I know. That's where it gets tricky. That is where it gets tricky because yeah. I don't wa- I don't necessarily want to make money, but apparently I need to make money in order to exist. I know it's uh, a, it's a vicious cycle. I don't know sometimes, sometimes when you're out having fun and not worrying about it, that's when you actually make the money. You know, like the money will come if you enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm saying. You guys just got to keep keep at it, and it's all gonna come around. Right. We're not gonna give up. Trust me. But you know, I. I uh, the, the fancy lad shoe, you know. I appreciate it. You know, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to do a collab with the shoe brand. So mm-hmm. I was hoping for cons, but I don't know if they'll ever do it. We, you know, worked with them somewhat, but um, maybe, maybe you should have reapproached Osiris and try to get the collab going there, and then, then the shoes will come in. I will. It's not a bad idea, quite frankly. But so you're you're so the last. Was subject to change the last video part you had before you retired? Yes. Yep. Mm. So that was a set. That was the second Osiris video. That's why I totally forgot about Feed the Need because I remember that video, but it was almost like a whole complete different shift for the brand. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was, it was a way different vibe. <laughs> I think you know how it goes. Like Did, people are just sort of trying to roll with the changing times of skateboarding, and yeah. I think they were trying to figure out a way to sort of just kind of change the look to what they thought people wanted. But in reality, if they probably just maintained what they already had going on, yeah. And then you know things always come for full circle, right? Like imagine imagine them maintaining that when DJK blew up, and you know that whole resurgence happened with streetwear and everything mm-hmm. that's happening right now like they probably would have been on point right but when you when you switch up your whole image too much it just backfires yeah they did have a total rebrand there yeah subject to change was still a really uh still a really good video i for some reason i remember i don't know does did chris 
Pastras have anything to do with Osiris? Because I remember when Ali Bulala got in the company, I remember seeing an ad with Chris Pastras handing him like a briefcase full of money, and, like <laughs> shaking his hand. I don't know if he was just a hired actor for that or if he was <laughs> no, actually... he he uh, I actually listened to that one. You guys did something with with Chris, which is cool because we grew up in the same era also. And yeah, he ended up like helping to manage the brand or manage the team for a little bit. Oh, okay. uh, I think between stereo kind of being on hiatus mm-hmm. and he just, I don't know how he kind of got into that role, but maybe right place, right time. But yeah, he ended up managing the team and going on tour with us and getting Ollie on, on the squad. And I think maybe even Dylan reader and a few other dudes. So, yeah. Well, that, uh, you know that right there. That's my dream to become the brand manager for, and the creative director for Osiris. So right with and, with a brief with a briefcase full of cash. Exactly. And, I mean, <laughs> I know that it'll give me the means for that. So that's that's part of it that comes one, along with it. And and also one Ayubuyada. Yeah, Ayubuyada. Yeah, Ayubuyada. But not to yeah. mention Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Mr. Dabalina, oh, Mr. Yes. Mr. Bob Dabalina. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bob Staff. Another Mr. legend. Yeah, Dobstaff was yeah. like a, a spot killer. Yeah. He just he was just so ambitious and you know, sometimes I think he he didn't know how to uh present what he was thinking all at the right time, but uh I don't know. I don't I can't remember everything he said in that Thrasher interview, but they definitely set him up to say some crazy stuff and it definitely killed it for him. Yeah. But you know, well, when you're his, young, when you're when you're young and you don't know, you know, you're just having fun. And you just say whatever you want to say. I think that that's when the industry started changing and trying to be too serious, right? Like people yeah. start taking things seriously, and I think that's what kind of killed it. It was a different time, and that's happened. Yeah. You know, he's not the only one that's happened to. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, Ollie, Ollie. Yeah, we went on tour with Ollie, and we were in Australia and. Uh, Dustin Dolan was there, showed us all the spots. It was definitely good times. And and speaking of uh, unskatable looking Osiris's, the the Bulala shoe, yeah, is probably the most unskatable looking. I don't remember what that seen. one looks like. It looked like something Cam would borrow from his friend. You know, it was like a low oh, top, like, it was like, a, like boot. a kind of like a Doc Martin look. It was, it, it was like yeah. modeled after like the yeah, the low cut Doc Doc Martens. But you know, he again, he was trying to do something different. Yeah. No, I never, I never had... skated them. I'm sure they, I'm sure they felt different than they looked. You know, I'm sure that the, I'm sure. Oh, well, maybe not. Actually, they yeah, didn't I don't know. Yeah, exactly you never like know. they did. But hey, he he skated in them, so I mean it worked. But yeah, he he wanted says it was when people saw the samples, it was the same reaction, and he probably had the same mentality. Like, look, I don't care what people think. I'm gonna do something different. I'm with you. I'm the kind of guy who says it doesn't matter what kind of equipment I have. You know, it's like I still suck. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what this is. It's it's not the shoe. It's not my shoelace. It's not my board. It's not the trucks. It's not the wheels. It's not my amp. It's not my guitar. It's not anything. It's just me. You can't you can't blame the tools. Well, you know, I'm sure people said it about the cost in three as well. No one would say that about the cost in threes. That's the most beautiful shoe that's ever existed. But I remember I was just going to mention Jason Dill having a pro shoe 
for I oh for, for DVS the ones no, not, that smelled like fish not DVS it was like it was like Savior like or something before DVS. oh yeah oh okay, and it was okay. the weirdest looking like space shoe mm. it was like the only other space sh- it was like a space shoe like if D three was like a dinosaur sh- DC D three was like another like era space shoe but this one was like a a new age space shoe. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was the weirdest skate shoe I'd ever seen at the time. It makes you wonder, how do we even pull off everything we did at that time? We talk about skating like super raw, rough spots. Like, yeah, how easier would it have been to do some of those tricks with like, shoes that like you could feel functioning your shoes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 7.5 boards and, yeah. you know, huge, huge shoes. Yeah, Doug, shoes fun, as big Doug as the funny board. shoes, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's like skating with slippers. I can't believe you guys don't know Jeff Kula. He was like totally in the scene shooting all that stuff back then. Oh, that must have been before our time. We were probably whippersnappers. Where, where was he from? Is, is that he... it? No, no, that's that's a is that in Boston? That's in Boston. Is that at is that at the Mass Art building? So there's oh, a... oh, okay. Oh, no, that's at the Blick. People oh, okay. still that's at Blick. People okay. still no. People still credit you for that, honestly, for alling that. So, so that, that, that was is a, another that was one. That the, is that was one of the security guards. So who knows? I mean, sometimes yeah. you lose track of all the stuff you did. But if someone hey, you either a... buy art supplies or you get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is that is right down the street from the spot that I'm talking about. So it very well, you could have been. I don't know. I pro- probably hit, trying probably hit two, two spots with one uh, one session. But no, but that that double set at uh, that's right off of Mass Ave, right across from Symphony Hall. I people all people still do mention that they're like, yeah, I can't ollie that double set. No one else has ever ollied it or done anything. I think it was just one of those classic things where they just took me there, like, hey, no one's done this. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try it. <laughs> well, it must feel good knowing they're the only one person to skate the spot. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if someone wanted to, they'll probably do something else down that eventually. You know how it goes. Like people recycle spots. Yeah, there was another gap in the uh, government center that Josh Casper ollied that people still are like, "Yep, that's the Casper gap." So funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's classic. You know, actually, maybe a little bit earlier time period than those photos. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason, I just had this Boston Red Sox hat. And that, and it would show up in the magazines and someone who knew me, who knew like Jamal Williams and a few other like Boston heads. Yep. They're like, yeah, what's up with that? Ken Russell dude always rocking Boston hats. Is he from Boston or, and I was like, I don't know, dude, I just like the hat. I was just always rocking it. Yeah. It's pretty funny. They're giving you guff for it. They were just kind of trying to figure out like, was I from there? Like, why was I repping the Boston hat? Mm-hmm. Just, just coincidence, but it's cool. It's a way to throw people off, I guess. People keep uh, people guessing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got to keep them on the toes. That's right. Yeah, I know. You don't know where I'm from. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, it's a shame that Planet Earth never made a video while you were. Uh well, it almost mm-hmm. happened. Um, some of the footage that ended up being in the storm was originally meant for a planet earth video and uh dave schloschbach who he was hired to put together the storm 
But before that, he actually was putting together a Planet Earth video, but no one could ever agree on what that video should look like. Like there was a draft edit of some footage, or maybe it's right after the storm. I can't remember because I think, yeah, maybe some of the footage that didn't go into the storm, I was holding for that. And then it ended up being like a four in one or something. But yeah, it was just, man, Dave had made up this mock intro that was so crazy and techno and industrial it was really hard to watch. I mean, we saw the the edit and everyone's looking at you like, this is the video. And it totally got scrapped on the spot. It was too like hardcore industrial. Dude, it was weird. It was like, it was like a music video or something. It was like hardcore industrial music, just hard hitting. Yeah. And there is this footage of a, like, like a dummy, like a dummy doll going over a waterfall like with these quick cuts it was so weird i i don't know what was going on but needless to say it was immediately scrapped and i don't think anyone had the was able to recover enough to even consider what the video might look like after that yeah that doesn't seem like it really fit the uh the brand image there it it didn't fit any brand image yeah (laughs) it was awful and like you know you got to remember you had like people like kenny anderson in the room yeah. And it was not going to work, you know? Right. Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe that was also a, uh, do you think it was like also a, a pitfall of the, uh, I mentioned the, the band mania at the time. I don't know. The dummy kind of reminded me of, you know, this, and the do host of the, uh, CKY2K intro. Maybe. Yeah. They were trying, trying to go to, trying to too edgy something. Yeah. Something a little too edgy. Exactly. Because but it didn't, I mean, yeah. I mean like, you know, you, you're like sitting in the room with like Chris Miller and Candy, Kenny Anderson and all these dudes who are like probably the hands down the most stylish skateboarders of all times. And you're looking at that edit and you're like, no, yeah, not, not going to happen. And then Kenny is like, you know, what? I got a great idea for a skit. How about I nose manual across the entire United States of America? <laughs> Kenny was like, um, I don't know. He's, he's always been very particular about his footage. I don't know how he is now compared to back then, but I remember there was this footage of him backlipping this 10 stair rail and it was perfect every time. And he was like, no, I'm never going to use this. And I was like, why? It's like perfect. And he's like, I didn't really like the way I looked in that clip. Like he didn't like the way that his hair was blowing. And I mean, he, he he was just like, yeah, it just didn't look right. I, Oh, that's bullshit. His hair looks great in every clip. (laughs) I I, I was like, man, this guy sees things that I don't see. He just was so, uh, he just had a vision for what he wanted and it probably lined up with how good he is as a skateboarder, but he definitely knew what he liked and didn't liked. And that's why his parts are so damn good, apparently. Yeah. Well, I guess the guy knows how to curate himself, you know? He does, man. He's He's got an eye for what looks good. So you're saying that he saw that, he saw that promo. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go apply for my passport. (laughs) You know what? Fuck this. I'm getting my passport right fucking now. Um, I don't know what I I really I don't think anyone even had the ability to talk about what they just saw. It was it was pretty uh, horrific. Well, now that you're mentioning, I hope that it still exists because you've really uh, intrigued me. Like, I I really want to see it now. And honestly, I I don't want to. It doesn't sound too far off from a fancy lad at it, you know? You know what? You are right. Actually, yeah. if, again, it was just, it was the wrong era. 
Yeah. I'm telling you, like, you're right. I've seen the, some of the opening montages of your videos and it's, it's pretty spot on minus the crash test and me going over the waterfall, yeah. but it might, it might work right now, actually. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Now that people are dumber, we might actually be able to get it. <laughs> well, and, and, but, you, and you guys are doing, you guys are doing your own music, but it's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was just because of YouTube, like I was mentioning earlier. There's those damned algorithms. They forced us to be more creative. I know. We had happy, no happy, choice. Happy accidents. Happy accidents. You know what I mean? It was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. that's what you call a fourth child. This is more like an <laughs> algorithm forcing you to be creative. <laughs> but but once again, it's like, you know, you, you need to think of the, the brand image. It's like, yeah, it would probably fit for Fancy Light, but a brand like Planet Earth, you know, you'd be like, what are you what are you doing? This yeah, is, what are you thinking? Yeah, this isn't anything close to hitting the mark. No. Um, but yeah, Chad, Chad Fernandez was on. I can't remember the whole. Oh, Frank Harada was on at that time, too. Legend Frank Harada? Who, he was on. Yeah, he Okay, so Frank Arata, not only you know legend from what I remember the old Powell videos, but um, and the Foundation videos, obviously, but he right claims that Bart Simpson was based off of him. Oh, right. First off, really? Yeah, that's a fun fact because I, he said because he said Groning was his neighbor. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh wow! But I heard that, uh, and he was always like, "Don't have a cow, Mister Groning." Yeah, exactly. Cowabunga. Cowabunga, Mr. Groaning. But Dude, that is so crazy. I did not know this. I actually, because uh, Frank and I were on Sims together at one point when Sims was still at NHS. Hmm. And I remember staying at his house. And that's when he just kind of got off of Powell, maybe. He had filmed that Golden Grams commercial. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. He was like, it was in the era where like, I think even Chet Thomas had a commercial or something. And then they filmed that movie Hook. I was going to say, he was yeah, also was an say, extra in yeah, Hook. I was, was going to say, even Chet yeah, Thomas so it was, had a commercial? Was, yeah. Yeah, Chet Thomas had a commercial. That crazy yeah. era where even Chet Thomas got even a Chet- commercial. <laughs> I think <laughs> everybody was getting a commercial. Yeah. God damn, well, I was born in the wrong era. Definitely. I, 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 remember, I remember actually going with Frank Carrada to a commercial tryout, and it was in L.A., and I felt like every skateboarder who was a pro in that era was there. I mean, even Jason Lee was there before he was even really hitting the acting spree. I mean, everyone wants to see a kid take a bite of Golden Grams and then do an invert. You know, that was yeah, that, that was, was the time. It was I, like, was, oh, I was, I was, I was. This cereal gets me amped. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys are getting a lot of new material for your next video. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it's the Golden Grams. It's yeah. It's all that we're going to we're going to be filming these commercials for the new video. Hey, you know, I'm 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 actually going to hit up Post Miller. And you know what? Despite all of the unionization stuff, I'm going to hit up Kellogg's. There you go. I'm going to hit them up. Mm-hmm. They, they probably so, got some extra money. You've always wanted around. to be a dwarf. You know, I've always sure. wanted to be a dwarf. I, yeah. I've always wanted to be a scab as well. So I'm going to hit up Kellogg's. There you go. I mean, I remember going to this tryout and uh there was just people are just skating. I know everyone was focused on trying to like do cool skate tricks, but the people, I think it was for a Mountain Dew commercial. Mountain Dew didn't give a damn about the skate tricks, right? They were just looking for someone who was looking spastic and crazy. And oh, yeah, Jonas yeah. frosted tips. Yeah, Jonas Ray, you know, rest in peace, yeah, showed right. up. Yep. Had had green hair. He knew what he was doing. Yep. 
standing and they were like dude that's it that's it right there he's you've got he's the one you're the guy jason lee was doing the best backside flips over this bench that was like over waist high and i was like dude what the hell but you know it wasn't it wasn't his time yeah no, he he had to wait for. He, that. he he was waiting out for a better movies like Almost Famous, which yeah, they're, is my they're like favorite the, movie. <laughs> they're like, you know what? His name isn't early yet. We'll take the guy. Yeah, with the yeah, green too hair. too early, too I early. I don't even remember him in Almost Famous actually. Oh yeah, dude, he had he's a the, major part in that movie. That yeah, movie he's the was... he's the frontman of Stillwater. Yeah, he oh, killed right. it. He's yeah. fucking awesome. That's it. You, that, you don't, yeah, you don't remember so it because because yeah. he was so flawless of an actor, you forgot it was even Jason Lee. Thank you. That that is exactly what I was going to say. He did a very good job in that film. You're like, oh shit, it's Jason Lee. I, I forgot it was Jason. It's he, more he like, was, oh shit, that was Jason Lee. Yeah, he yeah he was so in the role, and like you forgot who he even was. It was like I be, I I totally believed the character. Yeah, but yeah, Frank. So we were. I was staying at his house. And I was still in high school. Every morning before I went to school, I saw that Golden Grams commercial. And so then I would hook up with him on the weekend. And I, dude, I just can't get away from that commercial. Every time I turn on the TV, it's on. He's like, yeah, man, I get a, I get paid every time that thing airs. I was like, dude, you must be like a millionaire. What the hell? He's like, hey, hold on, I gotta get check the mail real quick. And he came in, he had another check. I was like, man, must be nice, like. I'm yeah. telling you guys, you got to get that Golden Gram money for that next video. I know. We're yeah, trying he, to break he, into the entertainment industry. Trust me. He opens up the envelope. A bunch of shattered cereal falls out. <laughs> Aww. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you guys are getting a lot of good material for the next one. I'm telling you, it's going to be. But the reason why I was so excited when you brought up Frank Carrado was because also I've heard rumors that he. They're, they're, oh, so from the late 90s, when the nine hit you know the tony hawk nine all these you know the one all these oh yeah all these prefab parks came up around massachusetts and they all look the same they're almost all completely died out besides a a, just a couple of them that are still standing but um they i heard they're all designed by frank harada no, I'll, I'll, I mean, I don't know exactly all the details, but I'll be happy to defend Frank on this one. Um, from what I understood, and I don't know if me and Frank really ever went into detail on it because it was many years after we were seeing each other a lot, but um, there was a big company or well-known landscape architect named Perkis Rose, and he did all the skate parks up and down California. And I think he got Frank involved to give him some technical advice on how to make them better. And I think Frank tried his best to like give input on what makes a good skate park. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I don't think he was doing any of the drawings or really implementing anything himself. It was just like he was like a hired consultant. And so then when these parks didn't turn out the way everyone wanted them to, I think he got thrown under the bus and they're like, oh, Frank's just designing a bunch of shitty parks. But I don't think it was really like on him. I think it was just the the designers, the architects just kind of did what they wanted to and did their best to interpret what he was telling them, but just totally missed the mark. Yeah. There's still a couple of them out there, like the Amesbury Park, that still have that original sort of prefab vibe, but then they <clears throat> built on top of that like a half of a new park. So you'll have to... Don't, don't, don't you love that? I I actually kind of do actually just covering just covering up crust with 
with something that's kind of better, but not all the way better. Yeah. But I, I honestly, it is kind of nice to hit the, it's like, you know, we hated the parks when we were growing up and then they built a bunch of new parks. And well, we're like, oh, let's go back to all these shitty parks. Yeah, we actually that we really got that like that. These are like, you know, the TF, if you will, the training facility. I, I, I feel you guys on that. I mean, I spent time out in, in the New England area and did some projects. And the problem is, is that, like you said, people get really nostalgic about their home park and they don't necessarily want you to do something to replace it. Right. Like you. You start to appreciate like these old crusty parks you grew up with. And if someone says, oh, we're just going to take this out and replace it with something that maybe you don't even like, it kind of doesn't really work. It's almost like you should just leave it the way it is, you know what I mean? And do something totally different somewhere else. Right. Well, I mean, you designed the uh, the Lynch family skate park. Or yeah, your, I worked your on team that one. Did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, did you work under uh, Stantec? Yep. So when I first started designing parks was like 15, 16 years ago, a site design group. And then I worked there for four or five years. And then the founder, you know, who did all the OG Arizona parks and a whole bunch of parks that everyone still rides, you know, Etnies, Lake Forest, all those ones. Um, he, he, he's left and did his own thing called ASD action sport design we were only doing that on our own, a very small group of us for maybe less than two years. And Stantec made a pitch to create a whole division within their company to do skate parks everywhere. Like they had designers in all parts of the world. Like, look, you tap into these guys and create skate parks everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we tried it and it actually was working. But the problem was we were getting so many projects and we didn't have enough people to do them. Yep. They just didn't understand uh, how to support something that specialized. Cause you know, you got architects and engineers and a whole bunch of people who are like, you got people who are literally working on like the George Lucas museum in LA, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and it just, you know, we were like a small, very, very small piece of the pie that just was like off the radar, like the redheaded stepchild of the company. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it just, you know, New Line Skate Parks came to me and made me an offer that just totally made sense because they had a whole team of people who already knew what to do and could handle that kind of capacity of doing a whole bunch of parks. But yeah, I mean, while I was a Stantec, we did a lot of projects and Lynch was one of them. And it was so weird because the day that we were going to fly to Boston, which is so weird because the head of sports and recreation, which is the division we were going to be under, was in Boston. So we were flying out to Boston to like kick off our whole thing, working with Stantec. And um, the guy that I was working with and working under at that time, Mike McIntyre, he, he just, I was like, Hey, by the way, what happened to that Boston skate park that's supposed to happen like 20 years ago? And he's like, I don't know. Let's give him a call. (laughs) He like called up the Charles river conservancy. I said, Hey, you know, this is Mike McIntyre me and Ken Russ are flying out to Boston. We're just wondering what happened to that park. And she's like, perfect timing. We don't, we can't get it. We can't get it going. We can't get it approved. We can't get it permitted. Uh, No one can figure out how to get this like legitimately done in Boston because there's so much red tape with, with the DOT and the CRC and all these other acronyms that you probably don't even want to know about. And so we flew out there, had a meeting with them. The DCR. 
Yeah, DCR. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were so many agencies. So OPP. the day we landed, day we landed, first day at Stantec, had a meeting with them, huge group in there. And at the end of the meeting, they just felt like they were comfortable that we could pull it off. And we started working on it. And that was a like the first step of a four or five year project. So I, I think the problem with that one is like, a lot of people think about the design and escape features, but that really wasn't the problem with that project. It was the fact that they couldn't get it approved with all those agencies. They didn't know how to engineer it. They didn't know how to get the right insurance. And it was just a really, a lot of meetings of red tape. That was half the battle. Yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of, and a lot of cooks in the kitchen, as you guys know, everyone and their brother wanted to have control of that park. Mm-hmm. They all wanted their input. Half yeah. the people are fighting over street stuff. Half the people are talking about having the biggest, deepest bulls ever. It was so crazy that at one of the first public meetings, there was probably over a hundred people there. And in the back of the room, there was a fight that broke out with a skater who just wanted to move it forward with a good mix of tranny and some guy who was a quad skater. And I didn't even know what a quad skater was. I was going to say, what is a quad skater? What's a quad skater? Roller skater. Oh. Like, 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 so in other words, they wanted to identify themselves and clarify to everybody. Like, hey, look, I just want to make sure you guys know I'm not a rollerblader. I'm a quad skater. So it's all four wheels. I was so, like, whoa, dude. Wouldn't that be like an octus, octo skater, though? Because like there's four <laughs> on, on each. True. It, 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 doesn't, it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound as good, right? So I mean, well, I'm like, just yeah. wondering if they wally, if they like wally a Jersey barrier, are they excited about all four down? Because what is that? Is that one foot? Is that half of each I, foot? I think that's what it is. I think they I should think be, they should foot. want all, they, they should want all, all eight down. I, I think they just want the four, the four down. Okay, well that's okay. That that's that's you know I'm not gonna tell them what they should or should not want. Yeah, they, they but the guy really wanted to have his voice heard, and he kept saying things like, "Well, less quad skaters," and uh, "Well, don't forget about the quads." And the guy in the back was like, "Dude, enough already!" Like you know, he he had enough. He tried to shut the dude down. They got into an argument, and they were literally about to fist fight in the back of the room, and that's that's Boston, man. Like everyone has a strong opinion and you just got to know how to roll with it. You know I was I mean? going to say that's Boston for you. That's Boston. So Jeff Kula, who is, I'm telling you guys got to research him and find out, you know, Jeff Kula is good friends with Charlie Wilkins. Is he, is he from fucking uh, Is he from Lynn? I don't know what town he's from, but he, uh, I mean, that's how I got introduced to Boston and the culture. And he definitely let me know that, people pride themselves on not being friendly. <laughs> you know, like like at my, my wife and my youngest daughter flew out with me and he was with me and they came up, met me, I don't know, at the hotel room or something. And uh, my wife was like, man, I can't believe how nice everyone's been to us and showing us around and on the tee. And, you know, just people just kind of like really showing us ropes in the city. And he's like, wait, what? People are friendly. People were like, being accommodating that doesn't sound like boston and i just started laughing he's like no i'm serious fuck that boston we pride ourselves on being assholes <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah he was it was hilarious the he mad. was so mad it was awesome 
the mass holes it's true oh 100 he was like that doesn't sound like he's like i'm offended and i know that from all the the characters featured on survivor from boston they're always you know they're always telling it like it is you know yeah if someone's too friendly they get cut they're like no you're not from boston you're out yeah exactly you're too well, friendly it's everett it's great of boston yeah <laughs> so so you can only imagine like no one could agree on that design i mean it was a huge park yeah. Like there's there's something in there for everybody, but no one ever could agree on everything. And so, well, you, know, you just got you just got the classic, you know, think about it, dude, like Boston, you know, it's like, well, Tom and I are we, from Boston. First. Yeah, there's this it's known for like street spots and like writing natural stuff. So so we know. Yeah. Okay. Pe- people who didn't like the park, they're just going to go across the, the water to eggs anyways. Right? Like, so exactly. Well, that's yeah. that's honestly the best thing about the park is now it's like eggs is open. Yeah, there's eggs. Uh, there's yeah. eggs is open. No, well, no one's at the park. So I me, mean, no one's at eggsies. So we're pretty we're we're pretty familiar with the bureaucratic bullshit that comes with building a park. Because I don't know if oh, you man. know, we had a uh, a DIY going on in our neighborhood, and mm-hmm. I started going to meetings because they took away all the ramps originally. So I started to go to meetings to try to get a skate park built, and it took over eight years. And during that time, they said. You know, you're willing to we're willing to let you guys use the space and you can build whatever you want until we get a plan that has been approved by the DCR. And um, it was right over the T. So they had to get a lot of they had to get approved by Amtrak and they had to get approved by the T. So it took- oh, I know I know all about it. Jamaica Plains. I, I, I started off working on that a little bit and mm-hmm. then. And I didn't get to go to any of the meetings um, yeah, because so, so someone, would, from, someone from the city wanted to control everything and mm-hmm. just make it terrible. But yeah, it was one of those things where like I saw what was there and I was like, guys, it's it's like a trap. Like you can't, you just got to leave it alone. You're never going to recreate something here that's going to work. It's too small. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a rink. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right, right. You just got to, I mean, so the idea that I proposed to them, I was like, why you just guys just pave it? And you have a, a clean, flat ground and then let them put whatever they want on there. But but it just they're like, no, we can't do that. It's it's it was a it was a liability, right? Like, yeah, like no, exactly. we're, it's a liability. We can't let them do that. And I was like, but you're never going to be able to put in here what you guys want is like this legitimate skate park, but it's too small. Yeah, there's no room. Right. So Ken Russell, the, the hero we don't deserve, but we need. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was so I I left and I saw the plans and it was not probably what it should have been. And I well, was like, you should have taken can, us with you. There's nothing I could do. I was like looking at it. Someone <laughs> showed it to me, and I was like, "What do you want me to do, man? Like, I don't work there anymore. I can't say anything. You know what I mean?" Yeah. Well, so the entire time I was pushing for what, and this is this is the one thing that kills me with every park in Boston is this is the one thing that I feel like everybody wants, but they just can't get for some reason, which is small, tight, just like, well, I was I was pushing for just small transition throughout the entire park, and then they built it like four to five feet high, and I was, like, huge. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's not what I meant by small whatsoever. I was, I they, they built above the wall that was already there. in hindsight <laughs> i should have the entire time been just saying okay so get this baby transition mm-hmm. two to three feet 
the entire park and you build street obstacles in the middle. But what ended up happening was I feel like they had this plan and then they knew that they either had to go down or up. So they ended up building up and then taking out everything in the middle and it just kind of ruined everything. And then yeah, it's just a big, it's just a big bathtub. Now it's a big bowl. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm glad that kids are still skating it, but as far as the fancy lad crew, yeah, we don't we don't skate anymore, and you know. Uh, I, I actually remember I didn't know it was you guys, but someone had told me like, yeah, we got some input from these guys. This is what they're looking for, and I was like, yeah, it's just like less is more. They just want to scale it all down, and but there's nothing I could do. It was totally, it, it was it, it's hard to watch from afar. Yeah, because you know what people are probably trying to do, but you just you know it's almost like. Uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, too much red tape. And plus, like you said, that thing was like how many years in the making? And they had to over like, eight years. Yeah. Get all these structural approvals because it was over the top of the T. It was a nightmare. Yeah. And then finally, when the plans were done, I reached out to the DCR and I said, no, I said, I really think we have to revise these. I was like, nobody is really excited about the plans. And the head of the DCR emailed me back and she said, listen, either you have what's approved built or we're tearing it down and we're building parkland. And wow. I was like, you know what? Honestly, parkland doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> yeah, that know, was, yeah, build some fucking parkland. Over I try to, I, tr- I try to get uh, the Congress guys involved because they were donating money. Yep. And so I was like, guys, you, you can control this. It's you guys are putting money and you tell them what you want. And I think they just got railroaded. They sent they sent emails. They said, hey, look, we don't appreciate this. We put money in. No one's sharing the plans with us. And I told them, I was like, guys, stay on it, man, because it's your money. I mean, threaten to pull the funds. Yeah. Well, so because that all happened, though, I was talking to the guys who built it. Uh, you know, Chris, who was building it uh, from he came up here from Florida or the Atlanta area. I think from Florida, mm-hmm. actually. And um, he was saying that it would be, you know, really cheap and easy to build a phase two. But it's, I'm sure that, like, now that it's built, everyone's just going to be like, all right, we did it. All right. Well, for, first of all, you, you're talking about Boston. There's no such thing as cheap and easy. <laughs> it's like... yeah, you should meet my ex-wife. <laughs> I mean, as far as Chris was saying, this is just what I'm going on. He said that the. I mean, I know that park cost more than half a million dollars to build. So, and he was saying that if you were to build just a small street section with just, you know, some ledges and flat bars and maybe, you know, two foot quarter pipes on each side, he said it would be like, his estimate would be like a hundred grand. So, I mean, yeah, if it wasn't in Boston, mm. that's the problem. It's, it's, you guys have such high prevailing wages and, you know, there's just so high risk for anyone even to pick up a shovel there. Mm. Um, and you got like unions and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So yeah, they, they just skyrocket, even like New York, right? Like if you were to price out a park, let's say in the middle of the country somewhere, even in like Minnesota, if you, and I know this because this is like a thing that the skate park industry uses, like, okay, if you're working in New York or Boston, maybe LA, you're basically doubling the price. Yeah. It's just, it's just really expensive. I mean, Seattle too. I think, don't you live out in Seattle now or some? No, 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 no. We got a, well, 
our team, so a couple, couple team riders lived out there. Uh, Benton and uh, our team rider uh, Nardo lived out there, but he moved. Yeah, same, same thing. It yeah. was ridiculous expensive to do that project in downtown Seattle. Hmm. So you're saying I should give up on my dreams of trying to build a no, 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 no. Don't, don't give up. But I'm just saying, like, don't expect it to be a hundred grand because no one in Boston's even picking up a shovel for anything like that. Yeah. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I had a meet, I had a meeting with the guys from Converse, and they were so perplexed. Like, we don't understand why is it so complicated. I was like, the bigger the city, the crazier it is. Even where I live in San Diego is terrible. Like, it's the it's the craziest place to work on projects because it is a big city with big city politics, and it's really hard to get anything approved. Yeah. You you would think otherwise. Oh, San Diego, you know, skateboarding is like second nature. Well, yeah. Well, you know, the bigger the city, the more drama. I guess I'll just have to try to go through it all again because I remember talking when when it was built. I talked to the the head of the DCR, and she said, "Oh yeah, no, we're we're all for trying to build a phase two. If you guys think you can come up with the funding, uh, and I mean, I'm down. I'm down to help. I mean, you know, I'll help. I'll help you. I mean, that's what we do. We just try to help push through the red tape." Well, the design, the design stuff is like I said, it's up to what people want, but it's just getting it to actually be a project. That's half the battle. Well, I appreciate that. That'd be awesome, actually, because I, I did reach I did email uh, whoever was working from Stantec and I was like, can you can just to help the process? I was like, can you make a mock up to try to, you know, speed things along? And they said, no, nah, we can't do anything unless you go through the the DCR and they have us commission it. So. And then we were so like, we got so, so we got a couple of people on our team who came with me from that area. They, you know, they just wanted to continue to work on developing skate parks. And a couple of them are actually from like Connecticut. And um, what's the other one we're working on? Nor uh, we're working on uh, Norwalk. You guys familiar with that city? No. I guess in Connecticut. I'm totally blowing it right now. I'm in East Coast cities. But uh, I know Alexis Sablone, I think, is from that area. And mm-hmm. we had her, like, join in on the virtual meeting. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's some other projects happening in that area. So, you know, people are definitely familiar with the region and how complicated it is. But they would be hyped to help you. I mean, one of the, the couple of guys on the team know they've listened to your podcast. They're like, wait, what? You guys are jumping on a podcast with... Fancy lad, I saw those guys pull up in the van and the dudes rolled out and they were like starstruck. And I was like, so, so we got people on this team who would love to help donate the time to, to do a phase two. And plus, since you guys didn't get those D3s, yeah, that's that's the least we can do. That's what I'm saying. And also, (laughs) you know what? That's honestly the only reason we had I always hear about people being starstruck after the fact, you know, I would appreciate it if they actually tried to, you know, struck some stars while we're there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, <laughs> would it kill them? Yeah, seriously. They when they when they saw the van roll up, they just you know was, they were too intimidated. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like seeing, so, yeah, so, it's like, so, see, so it's like just, seeing so, Eminem show up at your skate park. You that's know? right. I get it. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, and honestly, since we do do that whole Mad Max thing, where you know, me and Matt are both on the the roof of the van. Yep. Shirts off, just like bullet vests on, guitars, <laughs> flames blowing out. You know, we're we're blasting Strutter by Kiss. Yep, one of our favorites, of course. 
So, you know, I can see why people would be intimidated not to tell us. Yeah, just just intimidated, starstruck, all all that. But yeah, there you go. JP Phase 2. JP Phase 2. Also, I have a dream of redoing the really shitty uh, skate park at my hometown of Norfolk that's just all skate wave. Let's uh, consider that. Let's consider that Phase 3. That's Phase 3. That's Phase 3. All right. (laughs) Let's let's so, worry so, about so, let's worry about those Norfolk people later. So 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 here's some breaking news. Um, when I was still kind of feel like I was in New England like once a month for years, but uh, I knew that they were trying to do something in Weymouth. You guys know where that is? Yep. Oh yeah. So so that's happening. Really? Yep. Dope. So, so there you go. The Fancy Lad crew can actually have some input on what what, what phase is that now? Phase four. That's phase four. <laughs> but phase four is way with it. We're, but Mike like Linkwist is going to be very excited about that. Actually, that. Yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, so so, so it'll, it'll have room for some street stuff. It's got room and depth for a nice size bowl. So we worked on Sandwich. You guys ever go to the Sandwich Park? I've, hear, I've heard great things about it, but I haven't been yeah. there because I hear the real estate's crummy. Yeah. 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 On the, on the, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's too, it's too low budget. See, there you can go. There's, there's your cheap and easy. It just doesn't, it just doesn't cut the mustard. Am I right? Yeah. Um, Not, not, not fancy enough. No, no. All right. But let let us get serious real quick. No, no. But like I said, the, the one feature that is that in every park is that doesn't have just chill. It's not like, like so the Lynch family skate park is obviously really big, really spread out. Everything's really big. And there's there's no there's nothing there that's like uh just a very small tight transition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Totally. And that is the one feature that's missing in all of the the little parks that have been popping up. High parks. All, all, all we have to do we'll just watch the classic clips from you guys at the OG Jamaica Plains Park and there's your inspiration. I mean kind of it's got everything you want. Two foot quarter pipe, slappy curbs, a boob, yeah. just mm-hmm. every single little thing, a bump to rail, every single little thing that's actually fun to skate. I'm I hate to say it, you know? But sim- keep it simple. I feel like everything else is a West Coast mentality kind of built in the East Coast and that's like, you know, what it's been it, it is true it's a, it's a different kind of a thing like when a lot of people approach us to do a park they want that regional size i mean there's some people out there who say like yeah we want to hold competitions here and so then right. you get into that mix and it's like okay well we can't do a competition with a two foot you yeah. know yeah quarter right. pipe that goes to vert but who does competitions? I haven't I mean, seen you any. I, I, I know. I agree with you. And I, I've, I've only seen one Zoomies sponsored event at like the Lynch family. I haven't seen any competitions really, you know? I know. They they all want a competition, but it never happens. Yeah. So Well, you know, I mean, Vans helped with that one. So they did do a couple of Vans projects, I think, out there, which is kind of cool. But mm-hmm. Well, they got um, the, the, the checkered ground. How could they not? Right. Well, they they put in a million and a half dollars for it, so I mean, hats off to them to do that. But well, I mean, if if the JP rank cost half a million dollars, I mean, come on. There you go. <laughs> just yeah, think. seriously, they spent a mill on just checkered tile. <laughs> Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> no, no, they just. I mean, I'll, I'll give Vans credit. They it was like they needed more money because, dude, like 
dealing with the contaminated soil there from the big dig alone yeah was probably like 800 grand i mean that's a yeah. sketchy place right that that it area was, in general is uh dude there there was easements we couldn't touch there was a gas line we couldn't go over i literally asked them at one point why are we building it here because it's going to cost so much money why are we doing it here and it was already so far down the road that they had to keep going everyone wanted the big bull they wanted it to be this big regional competition level park. And we knew it was never going to be the community friendly, like fun little spot. Yeah. So then we, so then we did sandwich. We tried to make it more like that. And then same thing with uh, reservation road and a few others kind of like that, where it was a little bit, you know, more mellow. Where's reservation um, road. God, the guy on my team is going to kill me for not remembering the name of the park. It's, it's in Boston, but it's, I'm trying to think of the name of the old. So it used to be an old park there that was really falling apart. Um, I can't think of the name of the park right now. They call it Reservation Road, but there's another name for it. Is it Lil Scobie? No. I know Jerry Fowler skates it quite a bit. I mean, he hit me up. And I was like, yeah, he's always posting uh, footage of him like doing slappies on the curb on the side. Was it the Hyde Parks? Oh, Hyde Park. Yes, Hyde Park. Yeah, Hyde Park. Yes. Oh, okay. That Hyde one, Park. That yeah. one's still pretty like big and spread out though even more it has those initial like little section when you go in yeah it's got that little plaza up but top for the majority of it it's still pretty big and spread out uh, yeah it's not it's not tight it's not yeah it's not like what you're talking about for yeah, sure yeah. but it's going in the right direction i do i do prefer honestly that is and i know you like little scoby but that at hyde park actually is no, probably hyde out park. of everything probably my the one i like to skate the most no i i would prefer hyde park over over little scoby i think you guys actually might like sandwich you just got to dress up a little bit fancier yeah we got to drive <laughs> head down to the cape we just we just haven't you know we got to drive 2 hours out to get to it so it's like it's you know we could but it's still a little bit of a hike to get there so yeah, I think I, you guys might like that a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things though, like I like I mentioned before about the park. So I will check it out soon enough. It's 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 really like unfortunately taking the time to understand what each neighborhood wants, and the problem is is that the people who are coming out and telling you what they want in the area, like okay, here's what we had, here's what we kind of want to recreate, and. So we're not hearing from everybody that wants yeah. like what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just don't show up to the meetings or we just don't hear about it. Or we right. think we're like checking all the boxes that people are talking about. But, um, but we already knew you had the huge regional park with the big bull. So that was already out of the way. Yeah. From here on out, it's like, we knew it was just stuff that's a little bit more scaled down and, and not so crazy. Well, I will say the one thing with the JP park that I was just surprised by in general, um, was just seeing what was there before and then building that. And I was like, did you not know your audience? It, it just felt like you com it was like completely just like, just not being able to, to put the, uh, the dots together and be like, I know what happened. Missing the mark. You know, I wasn't at the meetings, but from what I understand, the people who were at the meetings were asking for all that stuff. No, no, I was at the meetings. I was one of the uh, three because it was me and it was uh, Robin Lee from Converse. Those are the only three skaters at the meetings. So I was hmm. pushing and I genuinely was pushing for transition. And I was like. Just I, the wrong scale. I, I, I think exactly. And I think that I could have phrased it better now looking back on it being like, no, we want a street course 
with transition and having, like I said, mentioning baby transition. So that I blame myself. Trust me, everything in my that, life, that, I blame no one but myself. That that whole process, though, like you said, the city was too heavy handed. They kept everyone in the dark. I mean, it was just a bad process, period. Yeah. We're, we're working on a project right now in State College PA with Jake Johnson. And, um, you know, those guys know exactly what they want. And that dude, Jake, is talented. Like he, you know, sending sketches and he's just done his research. And his yeah. dad was like a professor, like a landscape architecture professor. So I think those guys just did a lot of homework and probably learned that, hey, look, we got to show people what we want. And we're like going to show you photos and yeah. you have a whole document of images and sketches like there was there's no misunderstanding what it is they're asking for you know what i mean honestly like and and and, and jake and jake is a pretty like yeah particular dude also you know but knowing now you know i'd be able to do it a lot better but going into it i was just too green you know yeah it's a learning process for everybody and like you said like there's there's plenty of projects that we've all worked on that we're like man that really didn't go the way it probably should have but yeah you, you learn the different regions want different things. Like what you guys are looking for out there is not what someone's looking for in maybe New York or in Seattle or LA or whatever. Like you said, everyone's got a different kind of flavor and you can't expect everyone to be the same. Right. You can't like car- carbon copy parks everywhere and think people are going to be stoked. Well, you know what? I still, you know, thank you for all that you're doing for skateboarding. Still, trying, even after even trying. after your, uh, you know, your your contributions to professional skateboarding. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm gonna wrap up the podcast soon, but I just wanted to ask, uh, for a final question: How you feel being on the the Grind Queen meme team where it's <laughs> Canton Russell's last few I, remaining fans? I didn't even know what I was getting into. I just got tagged into that. I didn't know who was in that chat, but I was finding it entertaining. I don't know how everyone even finds the time to go out and do those meme challenges. Like hats off to everybody. Oh my like, God. Also we're in Boston where it's snowing and below zero degrees. So we don't even have any chance of doing any of the meme challenges for meme of the road. If anybody's wondering, but yeah, it sounds like there are some people on some of the other teams who really went all out and, and did some, some crazy stuff. So I was like, wow, hats off to that. But yeah, I'm, I was a uh, hype to just see it all go down from your guys' perspective. And um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. But uh, the, the, the meme thing, Tom will tell you not to toot my own horn. I did do one challenge, which was a uh, switch tray revert on flat. Oh yeah. You, you guys are still holding it down, man. I'm telling you, you guys are making everyone proud from the nineties. Yes. That's all, that's all we ask, you know? Yeah. Like I said, a lot of people I I know and talk to on a regular, they know everything you guys are doing. They know the videos. So you guys are doing it right, man. Yes. All right. Well, you know, it's a tough industry. You know, I'm sure there's a lot. It is tough. Yeah. I'm sure there's, believe it or not, more money in designing skate parks than there is selling each individual board. So, Uh, you know, that's, that's the thing, right? Like people don't know how hard it is to maintain anything in the industry period. So like, I think you guys are saying like, you're what, like 11 years deep or 10 years. Yeah. 10 years deep. I mean, that's people don't understand how hard that is. Yeah. So 
It's almost as hard as getting a D3 sent to you guys for a sample. I know. Damn it. It's, it's almost impossible. <laughs> we're, we're, we're almost impossible. <laughs> and we, we only, all of us are only asking for either a left or right shoe. We don't know. We don't need a pair. We just need one in each size. I mean, it's just like, I, I feel like it's my job now to help you guys really bring some things to life. It's like, you didn't get the D3. You didn't get the two foot quarter pipe at no. GP. I know. Mm-hmm. Tom I mean, let's just go down the list. Tom can't do a blunt to fakie at the park that's there now, but he could do them before. I mean, I sure I could. Well, I definitely could. I'm just not I going to. I haven't to. seen you. Well, I'm not if going we, to. If we could, if we it's could just principle. chop it, if we could just chop it down like you could back in the day with backyard mini ramps, right? That's what I said. You, I said you, if you, you could you, chop you, it all in half, it would be the down. perfect park. Oh my if god, you, I would love yeah, it. Yeah, when you, it when you go to someone's half. backyard, like man, this five foot mini ramp is cool, but can you chop it down to three? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you could do that for this, I would appreciate. Well, it. let's we'll see what we can do. All right, well, you know, please be in touch. You know, it's great talking to you. Obviously, like I mentioned before, Falcon Legend on the podcast. It's mm-hmm. always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Good times. And yeah. And also, I know you're you're a movie buff, so you got to keep keep me up on. Uh, I think you should start posting some of your favorite movies, like like a like a top top ten movie list. I will. We we were thinking about starting a movie spinoff podcast, actually. So that would be amazing. So we we just haven't been able to decide on a name. So or a movie. <laughs> well. I think that will come. I mean, the movies have the movies have been coming, and we got. Well, new, let's start with the movie, then we'll figure we out got the name. The new, the new scream. We mm-hmm. got the you know Jackass Four coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we got we got some so material two. to work with. So we've got two in the can. Two in the can. I'm 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 a, I'll be a big fan of that one. I'll be down to watch that for sure. Perfect. Well, I'll keep you I'll keep you posted. You're gonna have to repost about it. Well, thank you, my friends. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. If I make my way out to the East Coast, which it sounds like I probably will be, you guys will be first in line to be able to chime in on on Weymouth. I'll send you everything that's happening about it. Awesome. Oh, hell yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll expect a full Fancy Lad uh, showing at the opening. Oh, yeah. We'll all walk out of the van in slow-mo, you guys. See? That's, you see guys what I'm saying? Yeah. People away. are just going to be, like, fainting, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You do a double take, raise your sunglasses. <laughs> triple take, what? triple take. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It might, it might, uh, it might justify a triple. Well, I can't wait. Uh, you know what? I gotta go. But thanks again for being on the podcast. You know, it's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks, guys. All right, later, bud. See, See you. Ya. All right, Thank peace, Ken. Ah, oh, well, that was just great talking to Ken. Oh my goodness, and you know what a guest. God, you know what. I hate to say it, but it's kind of one of those guests you dream about. You know what? And I don't want to talk about dreaming about guests right now because this isn't the break dream podcast or the guest dream podcast or any of those podcasts. But have you had any dreams where the guest is just flying through the window? I have a, a reoccurring dream where, where Dane Berman uh, breaks into my room and milks me. Dane Berman? Yeah. Of Polar Skateboards. Of Polar? I'm thinking the same Dane, right? I mean, there's only two Danes. Oh, fuck. I was thinking about Dane. The other Dane. Were you thinking of Dane from DGK? Dane Vaughn? No. See, this is... A third Dane. Okay, so... 
Honestly, scrap it. Let's start over. Okay, here we go. Right? All right, all right. Oh, well, that was great having Kenton on the podcast. Dame Berman is milking. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Dane Berman from Zero Skateboard <laughs> slash Liquid Death fame? Wait, okay, let's restart it. All right, ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Dude. Oh, that was great having Kenton on the podcast. Oh, that was fantastic having Kenton on the podcast. What a great guest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Honestly, it makes me really appreciate it. <laughs> Let's start over again. Hold on. Yeah, we're going to have to. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> He's not going to appreciate it if we're just. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was great having. <laughs> <laughs> God. These all right, it's gonna it's gonna stop right now. All right, right? Oh, that was great having Kent on the podcast. Oh man. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Dane, but you didn't. Dane wait, Dane who? Alright. No, no starting over. You know, that was just great having Kenton on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. You know what? It's nice to have a skateboarding legend and also someone that is so finely in tune with the uh, current inner workings of skateboard architecture. That's true. You know, it reminds me when we had Dane Berman on the podcast. Well, don't get me started. (laughs) And quite frankly, I think that we should have Dane Brady sometime. I listen, I, any Brady's, I mean, you know, as well as the listeners know, I love anything Brady. Right. I'll take Marshall. I'll take Greg. I'll take Bobby. Hell, I'll take Danny. Really? No, I, I don't want Danny. I want Marsha, Greg, or Bobby. Yeah. Makes a lot more sense. Like I said, we were trying to go for the entire Zero team, hence mm-hmm. Dane Berman. Right. And... You know, now we got a lot to look forward to going for the Osiris team. I mean, we've we've gone one episode saying we're going to go for the Osiris team, and we got one of them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like our odds are in our favor. My only question is, who's next? I mean, isn't it obvious? I think so. So the listeners know who's next. We know who's next. Mm-hmm. We don't need to say it. We don't need to say it because we're all on the same page. Yep. That's good. That's a good place to be. Yeah, exactly. If you wanted to say it at the same time, we could. But I mean, even if we did, I'd have to delete it from this episode. No spoilers. No spoilies. That's a rule. That's a rule here on the Fanslide Podcast. Some live by the rule of thirds. We live by the rule of turds. Right. Which is to say no spoilies. Number one rule of turd. Number one. No spoilies. No spoilies. Yes, turd. Well. Chad Fernandez. Damn it. All right. We'll have to get a different guest because Pigs are just ruined it. Fuck. I'm sorry. You know, I just so desperately wanted somebody from the movie Grind. Mm. And you know you weren't going to get Randy Quaid. 
Well, I was working on it, but we're going to have to cancel everything now because. Fuck, dude. That would have been. the surprise. That would have been a fucking dream come true. That would have been, but, you know, you have to go guessing shit. Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation All right. 2. All right, well, Chevy Chase is off the docket. He was going to be episode number three of this season. Fuck, dude. Okay, I'm sorry. You know what? Honestly, it would have made more sense for our movie spinoff podcast, which we don't know the name of yet. Mm-hmm. But I guess we could have had Chevy Chase on the Fancy Lad Skateboard podcast. We could have, but I mean, we won't now because... You know, it would have made more sense to have Chevy Chase on our spinoff podcast where we talk about obscure town names. Mm-hmm. That's true. Chevy. Chevy Chase. Chevy Cha. Cha short for Chicago. There's a little red car in my anus. You want to get that checked out or... Nah, I think it's fine. (laughs) All I can hope is that this podcast Mm -hmm. will just set the tone for the the standard of quality for the rest of the podcast to come in this season. Oh, God. I I hope so as well. And, you know, for all those Patreon listeners out there, Uh I hope they stay tuned for the Dirty Zone. Oh, dude, if they aren't staying tuned for the Dirty Zone, then why are they even subscribing? Why are you even subscribing? Why even subscribe enough enough for the Dirty Zone? If you're not going to get this exclusive content that's about to follow the podcast by being a Patreon-exclusive subscriber, Mm -hmm. why are you even subscribing? Yeah, what's your deal, bro? But anyways, you know, let's wrap up this podcast. Yeah. Okay. This is is done. This is done. So you want to sign off with your... Season five sign off. I, you know what? I'm just going to go with the sign off that I'm comfortable with because I actually can't remember that. And I'm going to say, keep on rocking in a free world. Okay. Well, now we know. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>